Spotlight series, the series that highlights the people, the companies, and the technologies that are shaping the future of retail. I'm one of your hosts, Anne Mazenga. And I'm your other host, Chris Walton. And today we have two very special guests to talk to us about how retailers and brands should be approaching their media and marketing strategy. Because I've got news for you, Chris. Yes. Everyone listening probably could be doing it much much better. I know I could, Anne. I I know know I could. I know. For sure, without a Uh, doubt. So to help all of us retail marketing and media folks and some other important departments within retailers, which we will get to later, uh, we've invited invited Ovedev's Troy Niedermeyer and Beth McKigney to show us how to help get on that path to unified marketing success. So Troy and Beth, thank you for joining us. Welcome to OmniTalk. Uh, Troy, I know you and Chris go way back, right? Yeah, we do. We do. Yes. We have a connection through my father-in-law, which is <laughs> which is fun for the rest of my life. Uh, but yeah, we go way back. <laughs> yes, we do. And Beth, it's great to meet you for the first time as well. And thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, all right. Well, let's get started. So uh, Beth, what, let's go to you first. So tell us a little bit about Ovative and your role there. Yeah, Ovative is a a full funnel media and measurement firm, really with the vision to transform the measure of marketing success. So we work with our clients to really shift marketing from an expense center to really a a driver of of sustainable business growth. And so we work with a a variety of verticals like healthcare, CPG, travel and hospitality, but retail is is really our largest with much of our leadership having um, deep retail roots. So we have the pleasure of working with some really, really great brands in the retail space, like Coach, The Home Depot, American Eagle, and Aerie, all brands that are really looking to reinvent how they measure marketing's impact and utilize that to drive um, uh, really growth for their, their business. So we've really been focused on that the, the whole 11 years I've been at Ovative. We started wow. out in media. Uh, we've then moved on and, and developed advanced measurement capabilities to really help measure marketing's more holistic impact on the business beyond kind of some of those digital KPIs. Um, and we've now developed a full suite um, of MarTech products that we call the Emerge Suite, which is really um, about you know how do we measure the holistic impact, and, but not just measure and, and move to activation and getting better signals to the media platforms to activate against. So my role is is to develop those capabilities. So I lead our measurement and technology teams, um, really focus on developing proprietary tech that at the end of the day, we're, we're looking to drive better outcomes for our clients. Got it. So you lead measurement essentially at Ovative. Measurement and, and technology, yeah. And technology. Wow, cool. All right, nice. I can't wait for this conversation. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, Troy, like Ed said, you and I go way back at Target. We spent a lot of time working together in the digital commerce space. But uh, for those of those of, in our audience that don't know you, explain a little bit about your role there and how it differs from what Beth does. Yeah. So again, Troy Niedermeyer, um, I have about a 20-year career in retail, digital marketing, um, kind of a specialty maybe in web and media analytics. Um, you know, where we go, where we, where I met you, Chris, was at Target. Um, I led media activation for Target and was there for about 14 years prior to making a move to Shutterfly, where I led media for them. Um, and then ultimately landed here with some former Target colleagues like Beth, who was actually my first manager at Target. Which oh, wow. Of- no way, really? <laughs> it's such a small yeah. world, isn't it? My God. It is. 
it is but it's important the people you work with so um it's one of the reasons why i'm innovative is there's really great people um but i've been here for a year and a half um and i report to beth and and so i'm the vice president of measurement and enabling solutions um so enabling solutions is things like some of those foundational enablers to to running and activating media and measuring media so like reporting and data management tag management product feed management i have a team who does that um, but really the biggest portion of my team is, is a measurement solutions team. Um, and so at Ovative, we really think about, um, you know, team, um, and the people that are in it, the method, and then the tech all being like combined in the approach that we take. So the measurement solutions team is really the team that helps clients adopt and drive organizational change, um, needed to grow their business through better marketing measurement. So we primarily do that with our uh, measurement model that we call MAP, um, or our product that we call MAP, um, which is a unified measurement model. Um, it's kind of known for its weekly output. So we really want to bring actionable solutions um, forward. So we actually run our model weekly. So last week's data, um, we have a customer level model within that. And we really like to think about it as the most actionable measurement tool. But my team really helps helps the client adopt that. and. Um, helps them really evolve and, and set their marketing measurement strategy. Well, you said a few, you said a few times this word that I'm going to bring back up and that's measurement. Um, if we were playing a measurement drinking game, I think we'd be at like 15, 20 <laughs> sips of water by now. I wouldn't um, be able to water, do this podcast right? yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, that's why I said water, Chris. It was like, you know, <laughs> right. we're playing that we're playing a, a drinking game of water. Um, but no, Beth, I want to start with you. You know, let's let's talk about this. We did this a little. We mentioned it a little bit in the intro, but let's start with what's not working. Why can't the retailers and brands who are listening to this this episode? Why can't they use the same old like tried and true methods of measuring the success of their marketing media campaigns anymore? What's different? Yeah, I think you know, typical media metrics like ROAS, reach and frequency, CPA, they really aren't aligned with measuring business outcomes. You know, they aren't tied directly to driving revenue and, and customer file health. And at the end of the day, that's marketing's task. They're tasked with driving incremental revenue and, and really driving that that customer. And those metrics just aren't directly tied and aren't, aren't as actionable as they need to be. And so Innovative, we really help and focus our clients on measuring marketing's impact on, on business outcomes that matter. And so we kind of think about four pillars, you know, the first okay. being enterprise sales, we want to look at not just how is uh, digital media driving digital sales, but how is right. it helping drive uh, store sales as well, or, or call centers, or if you've got a wholesale aspect of your business, so you're looking at the full enterprise revenue um, driven by, by marketing. The next one is incrementality. So we don't want to just look at attributed sales or you know attributed ROAS, but how is marketing drive driving that incremental um, volume to the business, that, that causal impact on on driving those revenue and, and customer. Third would be customers. Marketing is not just about driving near-term revenue, right? They need to, it's really tasked with driving an overall healthy customer file. So driving new customer acquisition, retaining those existing customers and, and getting more value um, from that existing audience. And we want to make sure we're looking at marketing's value and um, helping drive and fuel the business for the long-term. And then lastly, margin. 
We want to bring, make sure that marketing is driving profitable sales, not just driving, you know, top line, like a ROAS would show you the, the top line impact of, of marketing, but bringing it down to a margin figure so we can make sound investment decisions, evaluate that versus other areas that the, the business could invest in um, to grow. And so I think that's been a, a critical element of, of how we look at media return. And so we call that enterprise marketing return which is really a, a unifying metric, kind of getting all of those factors into to one number that you so can it's use one number. in order to so drive you, your business. Interesting. So you're weighting those different things, enterprise sales, incrementality, the, the customer file impact, you're weighting that all in one number. Is that how that is how we should think about this? Yes. Think about that as a new, the new return metric, the new ROAS. It's getting it to one figure that you can make use to, to make those investment decisions. And it's been hugely powerful for our clients, really unifying or, or kind of getting behind that one metric and bringing folks like finance and marketing together and, and really getting finance to understand how oh, that's going to drive the business and really rallying behind that. So take coach as, as an example, they really embraced EMR early on in our partnership and they brought finance along through that. You know, they really helped them understand the measurement, buy into the, the approach we were taking um, and that metric and how that aligned with driving the business outcomes that, that finance was looking for. And so we we're able to align on a EMR with finance where they were comfortable with variable budgets. So as long as EMR was was at a certain threshold, um, the marketing team was able to keep spending. Um, and it really drove huge business growth for them. And they saw 30% revenue growth despite headwinds in, in stores and inventory and other macroeconomic trends. Um, and it really came down to having that one metric that, you know, could really, um, the organization could, could get behind. This is fascinating to me, Beth, because as, as a former marketing person at a large retailer, you know, this, this has always been a struggle where, you know, you have the one side, the creative point of view saying, you know, we have to have the budget to do these executions, these impact driving executions, but really having a difficult time trying to show to the rest of the agency. Chris will say, because he was in, he was in merchandising and other departments who I think are typically in conflict with marketing, like, Hey, we need that money for these things that are, you know, and, and there's this battle back and forth, but what have you seen like customers, like coach that you mentioned, where are they when they come to you and what's kind of the unlock for those departments to come together to kind of embrace EMR and be like, okay, this is going to, this is going to help us going forward. What are they able to do right away that kind of helps them justify kind of going with this method? Yeah, it really runs the gamut of where our clients at, but I, I think the common theme is they don't have like a really well-rounded media mix. They don't have, they don't know how to value, you know, some of those right. upper funnel tactics that you mentioned. They're maybe too reliant on some of the performance tactics and, and don't have a good healthy mix between traditional and, and digital. And so, you know, we really help them quantify, you know, better quantify some of those, uh, that upper funnel media and really get yeah. that to what's that going to drive your business, even if it is going to take a bit to generate that return and and help them get to a healthier mix that's not just going to drive value today but is going to help them um you know really get a, a customer file that's going to help help them drive value into the future and and really set them up for that long-term success yeah troy you you have some thoughts to throw in here too yeah i would add on like you know beth mentioned a lot of our customers or a lot of our clients are starting at different points Right. But I do think most of them are starting at a point of like, what we're doing right now is not working, right? Yeah. Like 
lot of people are on like a last click digital ROAS and they're like, we know this isn't right, but we don't know where to go or where to start or how to do it. Um, so again, that's where like my team, you know, comes in and really helps with that. It's like, okay, you're here. Well, let's just take this first step, right? Let's move from last click attributed ROAS to some sort of measure of incrementality. Okay. Now we're here. Now let's, now let's think about the customers we're driving. So, you know, we kind of work through that, but most of our clients are at a spot that they're like, we know this isn't right, but there's so many models out there and so many tools and so many things like, where do we just get started? Um, and so that's kind of what, what helps us move along that journey with, with our clients. Yeah. There's kind of a walk, crawl, run, or crawl. I always do that. There's a crawl, <laughs> walk, run approach to this, right? You don't want to, yep. you want to, you don't want to yep. walk before you crawl. Um, but and and so what you said, Detroit, makes a ton of sense. But I want to go back to something Beth you said too, which is variable budgets. I first heard that term. God, it was probably seven years ago. I was having a conversation with the CEO of Wayfair, and I remember he blew my mind because he said, "I don't have budgets. I don't have marketing budgets. I just react in the moment to what is happening, and then decide where the allocation of the money is going to go." And so as you talk about this crawl, walk, run approach, where you align on the metric. Is that what you're trying to enable? And is that what you espouse at, at Ovative in, in terms of how people should think about their budget allocations? I'm curious what your take is on that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you yes. can, you know, you're going to be able to generate a healthy return, then you should keep spending and that's going to fuel your business growth. You know, if, if the, the opportunity is there and you got to, you know, to Troy's point about actionability and timely insights, like you got to have a measurement tool in place that's going to, that you have confidence is giving you a timely read. That's why, you know, quarterly MMM is, is challenging, but if you can get to a weekly read or really timely insights and in what's happening in the market and you know, there's headroom, you know, keep, keep funneling money in as long as your, your finance team's bought in. That's why that finance partnership is, is so critical. If, mm -hmm. if there's that alignment, that understanding that buy-in, you know, keep kind of going after those and, and capitalizing on the, the opportunities in the market when you can. And is that a sea change for how most retailers you work with initially think about this? Or am I, am I misinterpreting that? Yeah, I think it is. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. You know, I think Beth mentioned our vision is to transform the measure of marketing success. And I think the start of that is a lot of marketing is managed as an expense versus as an investment. Mm -hmm. So I think like really taking that mindset shift right. of like, wait, this is an investment. Why are we looking at ways to cut this, right? Why are we looking at ways to reduce this expense? Let's look at ways to grow this investment and grow our Smart. business. Make yeah. it work harder for us. Yeah. yeah, right. That's awesome. All right, well, let's shift gears a little bit now or let's let's extend the conversation. So we've talked, geez, and I feel like almost weekly on our Fast Five lately about this topic, but we've talked about the new ways retailers and brands can market to consumers, whether that's ads on social media platforms or participating, participating even on ads inside on, on screens inside of stores. You know, there's all this talk about that from like things like cooler screens or TVs at the checkout lane. So yeah. we're curious as, as people look to attribute media inside a store, what strategies have you seen be successful for the retailers and brands that you work with? Yeah. Um, I can take this one. So I'm glad you asked this question because we actually get the question all the time. So I could talk about, you know, coaches partnership with little Nas and how that campaign took off on TikTok and how, you know, they executed that or Duluth trading company had an awesome content integration with, you know, the hit show Yellowstone. Like there's mm -hmm. lots of examples of these, but 
I'm not going to give you or the users the the answer that they want, which is the general, <laughs> this is what's working, go do this. Um, you know, everyone kind of wants to get into that, right? The tactic, right. what what should I do? You know, yes. just tell us which one to do. But I think what's more important is to to step back and like where we're seeing clients really have success with these different types of activations is how they're approaching it. Um, and so really being think, thinking about it as an additive approach to their program. So, you know, we just talked about thinking not as an expense and how do I cut, but how do I think of marketing as investment? Right. Um, so they're, they're taking a full funnel strategy. They're understanding, you know, where these new tactics complement and again, are additive to that strategy. They're really clear on what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I see a lot of people saying, you know, oh, I just need to diversify my mix or I just need to move up the funnel. But why? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. how is that additive? And don't create a hole in your funnel by moving it somewhere else. Um, so, you know, the, the successful engagements we're seeing, you know, have that, like, what are the true outcomes from the beginning? They're thinking of ways to identify that additive budget. So we just talked about, you know, incremental budget or investing mm -hmm. more, but there's also, you know, shift from ineffective to effective, um, you know, versus, versus pulling from, pulling from the bottom where you're capturing demand to go generate demand just to have your competition capture it. Right. Those are, those are places where we see people. Um, fall down. Um, also, we you, you talked about, you know, crawl, walk, run. I think where people are finding success or where clients are finding success is when they have that entry strategy. So knowing that if you go into a new strategy, like you talked about, um, that won't be optimized on day one. So thinking right. through the audience, the how are we going to optimize this? How are we going to ramp investment as we learn what's working? Um, we see a lot of people go big Right. And, and you talked about, you know, well, uh, you know, creatives want to go do this big yeah. thing or, you know, merchants are like, Hey, just go do this. Um, we see a lot of people take that approach or a lot of clients want to take that approach of like, well, I'm going to spend, I'm just going to go big $10 million next three weeks. We're going to measure it. Well, that rarely is successful. Um, yeah. On day one. Right. So um, well, and it's kind know, of just somebody like guessing or like using their yeah, experience to exactly. kind of, predict the best mix or media mix like Beth was talking about earlier. Exactly. So, you know, and then it's rooted in a, in a measurement strategy. So Beth talked about EMR. So just making sure you are measuring the holistic, don't just look at the platform metrics or, you know, compare this platform to this platform, make sure you're, you're measuring it from the whole. So, you know, in summary, like, I guess it's, it's not about the, like what tactics are working in general it's which tactics are additive and incremental for your business in your strategy. Um, and I think really having that approach and, and thinking about it that way is better. Um, I do, I, I will give you, I'll give you guys something though, because I know that again, everyone <laughs> asks that question. They want the, the tactics. We want, we want an example. Troy. Yeah. Um, so we, we do with, you know, I mentioned we have a, our map product is our measurement um, model and our measurement platform. We do publish um, what we call EMR power rankings every year. Mm, and so ooh. that is the channels and the, and the tactics um, that are rising up the ranks of having the highest EMR. Um, so if, if somebody wants to find that, you can literally Google Ovative EMR power rankings and it'll bring you to our website. Um, but we are seeing CTV, TikTok, streaming audio, like all the things you guys are talking about. We are seeing those rise up the EMR power rankings mm -hmm. as people are learning how to use those channels and how to optimize into those channels. That's something for us to 
key in on and we should look at yeah. that and uh and talk about that more on our show too that's cool i, I like that i love power rankings troy i don't want to let you off the chair yet though or off the hook yet so like i talked a little like digital attribution versus in-store attribution is there any trick to the in-store piece in terms of getting that right or is it just two sides of the same coin and you have to think about it you know similarly but just adapt your approach a little bit differently like What's the best advice you have for the retailers that are trying to venture into that space for the first time? Because lots of people are. Where we're at today with modeling approaches and data sciences that go behind, like we have all the data as the inputs. Um, so we really can model those. Um, and that can be a really strong foundation to start to do that. I think in the last you know 10 to 15 years as digital came up like everyone got so obsessed with this you know click path and like mm -hmm. but you can model a lot of this stuff and I think starting there and then set on a foundation of a really strong testing platform like you you can measure in-store return very easily without having every digital touch point right and every exposure um in that model so I think that's that's a place to start and you're I mean you're seeing and MMMs, which were used a long time ago, start to become, you know, what's being used again as, as the primary source. Right. Without having to put a smart card in your store, potentially, too, yeah. as, <laughs> as, as the attribution vehicle, literally. So, yeah, Beth, what would you add there? Yeah, I, I think people undervalue or, or don't do enough testing. Um, you can do in-market tests and, and measure the full enterprise impact by, by you know, holding out different markets or hovering up, depending on what you're, you're trying to test. But you know, testing is a an easy start um, to really understand the the full impact of your your marketing, and then, mm -hmm. um, as Troy said, the tried and true media mix modeling. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of evolutions and modeling capabilities, and and it, it's incredibly powerful and can really help you you know get a get a fuller view of your marketing value. Well, Beth, I'm wondering if you can't like almost take us back a little bit into. Where are some of these companies that you've mentioned that you've worked with? Duluth Trading Company was one. Um, I know Domino's is another one, but where are they when they're starting with you? And kind of what what does a successful case study look like? Successful experimentation, successful media mix models. Like what does that, what's the, the kind of like start, middle and end of that? Mm-hmm. Troy mentioned a lot of times they start by they're still looking at last click ROAS in their okay. web analytics tool, whether that's GA or Adobe. And so we start by really bringing the, the concept of VMR. So even if we don't have the metric in place, really thinking about how is marketing driving enterprise sales, customer incrementality, and, and bringing return down to margin. A lot of times we then are putting like our measurement tool in place, map, or or honestly working with other third-party measurement tools if, if that's the what's in place there and, and really helping them better quantify a more holistic view of, of marketing's impact. So ideally we'd have map in place, get into EMR, and we start slow, as, as Troy said, and looking at how do we um, you know, diversify the mix by first looking at enterprise sales and, and making smarter investment decisions and diversifying their media mix through through looking at enterprise and, and then bringing in customer and, and bringing in smarter customer strategies as well. I think Duluth and Trading Company you mentioned is a, a good example. They, you know, they started out, they historically had really leaned on store growth. 
and, and really great branding to fuel their business. Um, and they saw really great success. But, you know, imagine get into the pandemic area 2020, they really had to reinvent and, and really think differently about how marketing could, a, a more holistic marketing strategy could really fuel their growth. And so they looked at, you know, diversifying from heavy mix and linear TV and direct mail, um, but had the right measurement tools in place, had the right testing strategy to really step into other tactics, some of the ones that Troy mentioned, connected TV, digital audio, and, and video, and they've got a really powerful influencer campaign. And now, you know, the CFO is not asking when's that direct mail campaign going to drop um, and thinking that that's going to fuel next week's um, sales, but they're really, when is that influencer campaign going to be in market and, and kind of what's that return going to be and how's it going to fuel the business? It's it's really reinvented how they they think about marketing and they're really driving great outcomes from from their marketing program. Well, Beth, you mentioned finance being in the room. I'm I'm just curious, like who's in the conversation about deploying MAP early on? Because when I was in marketing meetings and media, you know, meetings with our media strategy teams at Target, there was not a finance person in the room. It was very much marketing, media, maybe a brand manager, but like what's changing there? And maybe if you have some examples like with Duluth or, or others that, that kind of looks different today and why? Honestly, the biggest part of the, the most of the organization we want to be to understand um, right. enterprise marketing return. I think marketing and finance are are the key. Like that's where we start with our clients. Okay. From day one, we want finance to understand the measurement that that our client has and that they you know feel comfortable with the the methodology. They understand its limitations and and where it shines and um and and that they're aligned with the you know what is that we call it kind of a hurdle rate. So the variable budget, like what are they aligned? Can we set a hurdle rate with which we can spend to and, and really bring them apart? They're a part of the test design. If we're doing a geo test, they're buying into that that methodology um, and then maybe even help validating the test. We just really want them as a critical partner, but I, merchandising too, like yeah, into merchandising at, earlier. And I think it's important that everybody in the organization understands what marketing is trying to drive and, and why and how, how that's helping fuel the business. And I just think that's a critical part to just, and EMR gives you that one metric that everybody can understand and, and kind of get right. behind. Well, and like Chris was saying too earlier on, I think if you're going to start to change your mix in real time or adapt to what you're seeing success with in the market, you almost have to have everybody involved in having one dashboard to look at, I imagine, in order for that to be successful. Is that true? Yes. Yes. It takes everybody understanding that. And you know, it's, it's and you also have to have the right merchandise that we're featuring in the, you know, and it just takes, it all needs to come together in, in the marketing plan. And so I think that's yeah critical that, that everybody understands and is looking at and understanding the, the same metrics. But the other thing I'd say too is the, the beauty of digital marketing particularly is that it's not an all or nothing approach either. You can be very segmented in terms of how you try to tackle this problem, right? And how you try to get the organization on board with it. You can you can run the whole organization really in, on the old way and bring a portion of your your spend uh, up to speed on the new way too. So there's there's a lot of different ways to to tackle this problem as, as you think about it because and that's the beauty of digital because it's so flexible in what it allows us to do. So- all right, so Troy, I got to ask you because one of the things I loved about working with you is you always had these sayings that are quite <laughs> memorable. And one that I remember is you always used to say, most models are wrong, but some are useful. Explain to the audience what you mean by that saying in particular. Yeah, 
uh, me and my sayings. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I stole that from somebody. <laughs> I stole that from a podcast. So I, I, I should probably go figure out who said what, that. This is about attribution, Troy. So that's probably pretty yes. probably a good idea. I know, I know, right? Um, so yeah, don't give me credit for my quotes. I just, I just use them. Um, but you know, I talked a little bit you know, and, and what my team does and how we approach it as the power of team, the power of the method or the approach and the power of the tech. And I think this quote of, you know, all models are wrong or most models are wrong and some are useful kind of gets to the heart of that. And and it's, it's quite simple of like most measurement models like MMMs. So the tech portion of that, that's only a part of the equation. Um, you know, if you're using them, if you're not using them correctly, the method, or they're not adopted by your organization, like we just talked about with the CFO, um, you know, the team, are they really useful? So, you know, using them correctly starts with inputs. Like we've all heard kind of crap data in, crap data out, right? Um, models are predictive in nature. So there's a degree of accuracy and feeding them really strong inputs is like test results, um, is going to produce better outputs. So, you know, there are, there are better models than, you know, um, out there and you can compare on that, but it is only a piece of the piece of the puzzle. The really the harder part is that organizational adoption that we that we talked about. It's at the end of the day, the CFO is like, I don't trust it. I'm not giving you more money. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your return is. Like, well then like, is that really useful? <laughs> um, you know, if you haven't built how you're going to use that model into your operating, you know, model and your operating procedures, like are you really actioning on it? Are you making budgeting and mixed decisions uh, in a timely manner? I mean, we see clients running MMMs that give them quarterly results from like two quarters ago, like in retail in today's environment. Like, is that useful? Right. So, yeah, right. you know, that's that's kind of the what what I love about that quote is, you know, I, I feel like people are running around looking for the silver bullet model, right? The silver bullet False measure precision. Yeah. And we're going to outdo the competition because we have this new methodology or feature. And, you know, like, again, the models are getting better, like the technology is getting better. The data science is getting better. But, you know, what really makes a model useful is the actions you take. Well, you guys, let's close the conversation with this. I'm I'm curious, based on based on that, Troy, what you were just explaining, um, what's one action that you'd recommend for those who are listening to take now as they head into their media and marketing planning for 2024. Troy, I'll I'll start with you. Let's let's kind of keep the the conversation from uh, your last sentiment going and and tell us what you'd recommend that those listening start off with. You know, I think it's as simple as like don't let your measurement strategy be an afterthought. Um just setting some KPR targets and buying a measurement tool is not a measurement strategy (laughs) and we talked about you know we talked about what actions are you going to take um and really actionability being you know what's going to make a measurement strategy useful so you know how does your operating model need to evolve um who's driving that across your organization you you need a champion um who are the key stakeholders you need to bring along You, you can say whatever you want within the walls of marketing but if if you don't have that budget um, you know, and you, and you are, have somebody over there just trying to cut an expense, um, you know, you're, you're not going to drive. So don't let it be an afterthought. Um, another one of my, uh, sayings, Chris, that I like to always throw out, which is also not my own quote. Um, and I don't know who said it originally, but 
you can't measure it, you can't prove it. And if you can't prove it, you can't improve it. So, you know, again, don't let that measurement be an afterthought. If you're really looking to improve and grow your business, make sure that you can measure it. Right. In a productive way that makes sense to the enterprise, not, not just one marketing department. Beth, how about you? I'd focus kind of maybe within the measurement strategy of, of really developing a, a testing program, really focused on generating learnings against your marketing strategies. Right. So if we we talk a lot with our clients kind of about three testing pillars, what are those yeah. strategic big bets you want to place, those those new strategies and, and putting a, a testing plan against that. There's those optimization tests. So how are you refining what you're already doing to, to generate better returns? Um, and then calibration tests. So how are you honing your measurement? You know, what are you doing those in-market tests so you can feed that back into your measurement to make it uh, more precise and, and more accurate? So I think American Eagle is a, a great example. We really partnered with them to build out a, a holistic testing framework that really maps to American Eagle's business goals. And so they've got pillars of customer, brand, and revenue. Um, and then they take a, a cross-section of the strategic tests, the, the um, optimization tests, and, and the calibration tests. And so you know, some examples, they're looking to transform their, their brand health and the affinity for the brand through testing creator-led activations mm. versus brand-led. Um, and so they've got a whole testing plan and learning agenda against that. They're trying to nurture high-value customers by really text testing kind of the mix of, of product and categories and that they feature in their marketing, as well as kind of the timing of those messages within media to really maximize customer lifetime value. So and it really takes a, a well-rounded testing program. Um, and I, I think that's something that, that folks should be focused on um, that I think that can really transform their, their marketing and how it can drive impact for the business. Beth, you made me, you made me think of something just now when you mentioned like creator led programs, there are so many new ideas coming out, new tactics for marketing, for influencer campaigns. How easy is it for someone who's working, you know, on a traditional measurement plan versus like say the EMR, um, platform that you have at Ovative, how different is that new tactic to test, um, in in using both of these platforms because i imagine it's it's very difficult on the using the old roas models versus something like emr yeah i think it is challenging because the like kpis you're getting aren't aren't yeah. again they're not tied to the outcomes that you're looking to drive and so especially with with a creator creator strategy you know the kpis you're getting back are are challenging to connect to you know what is that actually driving for my my business but if you're thoughtful about testing into those um, strategies, you can you know have a more controlled environment where you can really isolate that impact. Um, or if you've got a, a media mix model so that you can feed that the right inputs with creator campaigns in order to to really understand and isolate that that impact. And it it does take you know really being thoughtful about kind of how am I going to get a read on this and really understand what it's driving for my business versus just kind of some of those you know those fluffier KPIs that right. really aren't, right. aren't driving the, the impact that you need. Right. Yeah, I I would just add on there uh, as well. Like we think about EMR as a metric, um, you know, that we've talked a lot about, but we also think about it as a mindset um, and an approach. So, you know, as you're going, as you're trying to measure like a creative led uh, or a 
creator led uh, influencer, you know, campaign or something like that. Like having that mindset of like, okay, how am I looking at the holistic enterprise? Okay, how am I going to get to incrementality? Okay, is this a different product mix? Am I thinking about the profit and implications of that? Okay, what customers am I bringing? So, the, like, I think that mindset helps helps to look at what metrics you have, what metrics you don't have, how you'd step into testing um, right. and start to, again, kind of that crawl, walk, run into an, into an EMR as well. Right. And the right supplemental mix with those creator-led campaigns too. Like, where are you seeing other activity? Is it in store? Is it online? Is it, you know, like what's happening then when you really push some of those newer campaigns and how are you evolving your, your media mix to support that and to continue to see that growth, I imagine. Yep. Well, on that note, thank you both, uh, Troy and Beth. This was great. Like I, I, Ann and I got to ask a lot of the questions that have been on our minds doing our weekly podcast here for the last probably year and a half to two years, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Ann, right? Like this has yeah, been a, easily. it's an ongoing topic. There's a lot of confusion out there. A lot of questions that I have just even in, in, you know, the day to day. So, so Beth, if people want to get in touch with either one of you, pick your brains even more learn about EMR. What's the best way for them to do that? They can uh, they'll find us on the people page um, at Ovative.com or they can reach out to us on LinkedIn. Awesome. The people page. That's great alliteration. That's a <laughs> hallmark of us at OmniTalk. So, all right, well, that wraps us up. Thanks again to Troy Niedermeyer and Beth McKigney of Ovative for sitting down with us today. And, and on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk, as always, be careful out there.